Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey yo! Hi yo! Good to be recording. Hi yo! Hi yo! The fact that you're hearing our voices right now is a minor miracle. Yes. In multiple ways. Uh, look at those frickin' bandwidths. Actually, I think it is turned up. What the heck? Doesn't matter. Are you hearing yourself louder? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's looking... I know. We're like spiking all over the place. Our sound. And we're clipping. I don't really care. Yeah, at least we're recording. Maybe it's the master mix? Whatever. Becca can deal with it. Folks, we just spent the last uh, two hours and 35 minutes working on uh, trying to get our equipment set up. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. And um, we, uh, we had to move out of my uh, studio at the, at the Cabrini, Cabrini Rectory. Uh, Father Mauricio moved in, so I really couldn't just take up multiple rooms. Even though my stuff is still everywhere, so I'm taking up seven out of the eight rooms. You're but too mama bear. You're yeah. Too kind. Yeah, right. I'm too messy. Anyways, uh, so we moved it out, packed it all up, transferred it. It looked like, you know, I was breaking up with him in a parking lot because I was just giving him giving him all of his stuff. And uh, We were in a parking lot where we were on the street. Yeah, we were on the street. I just like threw it in his car and I'm like, never call me again. <laughs> Delete my number. So, anyways, we moved it finally to Olo's Rectory, and he, you actually set it up before I even got here. I tried. Yeah, but you were working on it since, like, noon. Yeah. Because that's when you texted me. Yeah. So, for four and a half hours, we've been screwing around with this equipment <sighs> until finally I just gave up. I said, let's just record on an iPhone, which I don't know how this is sounding right now, so maybe it'd be better. But, um... And uh, Father Michael had the great idea of, uh, well, I said, we should call Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor was the one that gave us this equipment. He set it all up. Uh, He worked the program. We went to Radio Shack. It was a bonding moment. And uh, and then he left for Canada. We didn't know. Loser. (laughs) He gave us the equipment. I just told him how nice he was. Anyways, so then... uh, so then he's gone. I was like, we should call Jason Taylor. Apparently he's in Canada. So then I was like, let's just give up. I, I'm tired of dealing with this. I have about a 30-second window where I'm like, do I want to be virtuous? Nope. Okay, let's just let's just blow it up. And so the topic is patience. Yeah, not really. <laughs> anyway, so then Father Michael said we should call... Greg Willits. Greg Willits. I'm like, why not? Uh, I wasn't really interested in calling Greg Willits because it's like inviting somebody else who also has a podcast show into your own life and say, actually, we don't know what we're doing. And (laughs) that's evident if you listen to the podcast. But then also, uh, it's like we have horrible back knee and we have to show him like, (laughs) this is how bad our our technology back is. <laughs> and, um, so anyways, uh, he came over and, uh, and worked on it. And apparently we might be recording, although a little hotter than normal. Yeah. 
So if this is really loud in your ears, we apologize. I mean, this the the lines right now look like a guy who's just been brought into the ER, like hopped up on Coke, Red Bull, and uh, I don't know, like tasers. Yeah. Um, so anyway, shout out to Greg. Check out gregandjennifer.com and their, uh, their podcast, Adventures in Imperfect Living. Uh, good stuff. He and his wife, Jennifer Willits. God bless him. He came over and... We all fumbled around a bit, but now it's working, we hope. so. By we all fumbled around a bit, he means Father Nathan was down on the ground moving around things and setting things up. Father Michael. Greg was like, had his headphones on, was switching things around. He eventually got on the floor. What were you doing, Father Michael? I was Michael? out of the way eating Chips Ahoy cookies. That's right. I look over and Father Michael has five cookies in his hand. Doesn't offer anyone else anyone. I totally offered them to you when you saw me after, <laughs> after he did. Look at that. Oh my gosh, we're losing him. Well, maybe Becca could do something. Maybe I'll turn it down. It's really loud. See if that works. Yeah, but there's a line on there though. The line is higher than that on the mixer. Maybe it's my microphone. Hey yo. Now it looks. See, it's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, if something just happened, folks. <laughs> Just turn your headphones up. Anyway, so messing with stuff. Greg Willits came over, freaking Geek Squad, yeah. and he rocked it. So, all right. So that's the story. So now we're in my living room, and actually we have a bit of a better view out the window than we did we in, do. in the former studio. We have my front yard, we can see. Front yard, grass. a Toyota CRV. Yeah. Man, it's such a good view. 98 BMW Yeah, a Subaru. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a better space. It's all of his stuff up instead of all of my stuff yeah. up. Um, and the only thing that's up from the podcast are the dinosaur coasters. Yes. And in just a short while, um, our old friend. Uh, you should have totally waited. We should have had this banter right before the loon clock went off. That would have been like, and the... Yeah, it's going to go off in 25 minutes. We can keep talking. I'm bantering for 25 minutes. They'll have our head on a pike. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so as much as you can, like, support gregandjennifer.com. If you'd like to make a sizable or even (laughs) insizable donation uh, to him and his wife in the form of Chuck E. Cheese because they have kids or uh, Starbucks or I don't know what they want. They know their stuff. Red Robin. He lost a lot of weight. Probably not food. <laughs> okay, like <laughs> Who uh, <knows>? Mad Greens. <laughs> yeah. Mad Greens. All right. All right. So, folks, if you uh, haven't, you know, already just, like, given up on this podcast, we are actually going to talk about something. So, Yay. do you have anything else? No, your topic. You go. All right. I, I'm just so, I'm so excited that we're recording. Yeah. I really don't care. Like, Am we I? could post this right now. <laughs> And just be like, this is shortest the- podcast I ever take that, John and Mike. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> seven I, minutes. I, I think it would still be longer than some of their former <laughs> This is the vin- a victory for our God. Have you ever heard that one? No. You know why? Because you're not Roman. <laughs> we have to listen to all this stupid music. All right. To the topic. Okay, so uh backstory. Um, back streets, back. All right. We don't have ADD. <laughs> I don't. I'm just so happy I'm recording right now. Amen. Plus, this chair is kind of comfortable. Yeah. I gave you the comfortable one. I'm like knees under <sighs> me, 
I should get laid back. This is coming from the guy that uh, that had the leg rest for the last. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I can't talk. So I went on retreat last week um, up to Walburga, the Abbey of Saint Walburga in Virginia Dale, Colorado, northern Colorado, near the Wyoming border. There are a group of Benedictine sisters up there who also, uh, to support themselves, cattle ranch, okay? I stayed at this uh, property, you know, the Baumans, uh, Lyle Bauman. He was in my Bible study at DU. His dad, Mark Bauman, has a very simple kind of ranch home on the property of the Walburga, um, and it overlooks their kind of pasture land, so backstory, right? So I'm, you know, taking a break from my uh, many, many, many hours of not praying, but uh, eating peanut butter M&Ms and reading uh, either Harry Potter or Joan of Arc by Mark Twain. Um, So I can't remember which one. I think it was, I think it was Joan of Arc at that point. So I take a break. I'm out on the back porch and I look out and there is a group of about five sisters Maybe three of them are like novices mm. and two of them are just kind of friends of them that had stopped by because their heads were uncovered. That's how you knew that they weren't in the monastery, right? right? The Abbey. So then um, I see that they're they're actually going to do a transfer of the cattle from one section of the property to another. And they're just going to open the gate. And as the cattle start, you know, gambling out uh they would hold up like kind of like like the flags for Mm -hmm. directing planes or something and the cattle would go in the direction that they were they were Hmm. wanting and then eventually they cross the road and go into another gate and then head up to a different pasture land they had sufficiently grazed on this one so then they were going to put them in another and i thought it was amazing like here are these young women like maybe like uh, 18, 19 to like 26, hmm. 27. And they're just, you know, moving cattle. Yeah. And I just thought it was a really beautiful kind of seamless process. And I was kind of in my mind thinking like, I'd be a total city slicker, like seemingly looking the part, um, but having no idea and actually being deathly afraid. Yeah. Right. Then all of a sudden I see one calf, just one. All the rest of the cows, there were maybe 50 cows, 50 steer, who had uh, gone into the other, you know, pasture land, and one calf decided, no, I'm not going to do that. No. I'm going to do it on my own. And he just goes running around. They try to get him. They try to, you know, corral him. Can't do it. And they do this for like maybe a half hour. Oh. And I'm like... And you just sat kind, there and Kind the of laughing, <laughs> yeah. I had I had these binoculars. <laughs> And I'm like watching and like laughing (laughs) and I'm laughing in part because I'm like, I would have given up, shot the cow. I would have, I would have grabbed (laughs) a rope. Great steak dinner that night. Yeah. Grabbed a rope. No, veal, freaking veal. veal. (laughs) Grabbed, grabbed a rope and a four wheeler and drug that thing in, you know, but they're just very patient and everything. So then they do this for about a half hour and then they leave. They just leave. They just leave the calf Hmm. and I'm like, what's going to happen? And... Well, I wasn't planning on, you know, meditating that long outside. So then I go back inside, eat some more peanut butter M&Ms and um, come back out after about an hour. No, it was maybe like two hours. And the calf is sitting right next to its old 
the place where it had gone out of, but couldn't get back in. Hmm. And so it, it, even though it had all the freedom, seeming freedom in the world, it had gone all the way back. And then uh, the sisters came out again. Hmm. And this time they had just come from prayer. And instead of changing into their kind of work clothes, they were in their habits, hmm. which honestly, like watching, uh, it, there was only three sisters this time in full habits, yeah. run and chase around <laughs> this calf was Aww. like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like invoking certain, you know, prayers, but also like, you know, uh, curses under my breath, not on the sisters, but on that stupid calf. Yeah. Cause I'm like, just do what you're made to do. Yeah. And it didn't do it. They didn't get it. Oh. And, uh, they 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 did it for maybe 30 40 minutes wow. couldn't get him and then uh i waited another hour or two and then i the last thing i heard was after evening prayer uh the roar of four wheelers oh. and like these like dune buggies going up into what appeared to be you know and that was the last of it okay and it got me thinking right so with all of that story in mind sorry you needed to hear the backstory <laughs> Um, there's this, there's this small, simple, but important phrase in the church describing the nature of sin as intractability. If you were going to give a uh, definition of intractable, I mean, do you under, do you know what this is? Like you I, guys, I would not want to no, pretend like I did on the air now. All right. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Intractability to me is like they it wouldn't uh you can't get rid of it okay intractability of sin like to me it just says like it, it's really hard to get rid of it's like a stain that you can't get out okay okay this i actually looked up the definition okay intractability is not easily controlled or directed hmm. not docile or manageable stubborn obstinate that little calf that little calf yeah. that's it not easily controlled or directed, not docile or manageable, stubborn and obstinate. Mm. Okay. Why do I say this? We as uh, members of the human race have a fallen human nature. Yeah. Not completely depraved, not completely lost, but wounded. Right. And, and uh, not as it should be. Right. And so we are under the effects of sin. And one of the effects of sin is the intractability, intractableness of it. Namely, um, we are, when we are under the effects of sin, not easily controlled or directed, not manageable, stubborn, obstinate. We don't go naturally, or even one would say supernaturally, to the place that we should go. Mm. We should be directed to the good. Right. We should know the good. And desire to do the good. Right. But we can neither know the good at times or do the good that we know. Yeah, we, we do what we do not want to do, as St. Paul says. That's right. Yeah. So then uh, there's a lot of people out there that look in their own hearts and say, why do I keep confessing the same sins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you can almost put my sins on repeat yeah. and you're going to run through a track of like 20 or 25 songs and it's going to be the same old song. Yeah. And it's always and it and you, you know you'd listen to an album enough that you know when the next song is. Right. 
there are certain times where I fall into certain patterns of sin mm-hmm. that I'm like, I know what the next one is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get to a certain point where I don't care. I'm going to go to Taco Bell and I'm going to stay up until three o'clock in the morning watching like Downton Abbey. Yeah. Okay. That is not uh, one person who has seen the good at hand and said, I want to do it. It's rather, I'm going to go in the direction that I want to go in or the way in which my fallen nature is taking me. Yeah. So, um, but when we look at that, when we look at the effects of sin, some people, um, and I think even myself in, in, in my own kind of past, have, have said to themselves, well, I must be, I must be possessed. Like, I, I can't just keep choosing this. Right. Like, I can't keep doing this to myself. I must have something in me that is um, kind of not me, hmm. namely, like, the devil. Or yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm possessed, like, exorcism possessed, but, like, I have this sort of spirit that's, you know... Kinda, I'm a slave to something else that's, right. that's guiding me. That's yeah. right. Or there must be something wrong in my past yeah. where I exposed myself to something or to some kind of spirit or some defect yeah. in my blood, in my genes, in my whatever family. And it must be because of that. For me, that was, well, I come from a divorced family. Mm. So obviously, I must have kind of a defect in me. Mm. And, uh, and so what we end up doing, or what I was end up doing, was saying, there it must not be really me it must be this bad part of me that is different from the real part of me and all i really need to do is figure out what the problem is like the mixer right or the computer you said mixer first by the way i hate you you said mixer i don't want to talk to you right now <laughs> owe me a bottle we're of not scotch. no i'm not this is an example <laughs> we had a bet going you still about said mixer first it was an example. You still said it first. You, you mentioned multiple things, and the first thing that came to mind was the mixer. I was looking at the mixer. Yeah, that's the first thing you looked at. I can't see the computer from here. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> it's right in front of Well, not, not in my natural line of sight. <laughs> you owe me a bottle you of are scotch. Not, I'm not buying that. You're buying me a bottle of scotch. I'm not. You sat there stuffing your your face full of <laughs> Chips Ahoy cookies. I am not saying that, that it was the mixer. Anyways, there was a problem with the computer and the program, which and the, I, and the mixer, and maybe the mixer. Um, that if I can just figure out and locate what this problem is, everything will be fine. Yeah. The there must be some breaker off. Once I flip that breaker, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And once I have my conversion, I won't sin anymore. Yeah. Once I get ordained, I won't sin anymore. Once oh, I get married, yeah. I won't sin anymore. Yeah. 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 Once I eliminate this sin from my life, yeah. once I stop doing this, once I stop thinking this, once I stop wanting or believing that I really want this, then everything will be fine. Yeah. And what we don't realize is sin is intractable. It is stubborn, obstinate, not easily managed, not easily controlled or directed. And... It's not to say that those other things may not have an effect on me, but also to say it's not just one thing that's wrong with me. Mm. 
I don't know if you're like me, but like there used to be a time where I would go to my spiritual director and be like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Once you tell me what to do, like the man who climbs the mountain up to the, you know, bearded figure, what should I do with my life? Once you tell me that, everything will change. Yeah. Or if like if some people say like if I only made $100,000 a year, I would be fine. That's right. Like all my struggles would be done. Family life would be perfect. I would not sin anymore. I wouldn't get frustrated anymore. My patience would be no through mm-hmm. the roof. Yeah. We yeah. think that what, if one thing changes in our life, then everything will change. If, if only that happened, then I'll be fine, mm-hmm. which is just false. My in-laws, my spouse, yeah. Yeah. my vocation, my children, my job, yeah. you know, all of these external things um, or even kind of internally where it's like, if I could just if I could just get the virtue of patience, yeah, then everything'd be great. Yeah, everything'd be great. And I think the point is, um, it's the 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 point of the Christian life is the growth in the love of God and the elimination of sin. Yeah, but it's not like a a one and done kind of thing. Right. You know, even St. Paul talks about, like, the struggle, the constant struggle that's within his members and the thorn in his flesh and whatever else. It's like yeah. he had to he had to suffer till the day he died dealing with the effects of sin. And even, like, as we read in Mother Teresa's diary, like, not that she was sinning, but she was still dealing with the difficulty of not knowing, am I, am I there? Am I not there? You know? That's part of even part of Paul's frustration because he said, I asked three times to have this thorn in my flesh removed and it was not. And God said, in weakness, you'll be made powerful. So I think his thought was like this one thorn in the flesh, that one thorn was removed, Lord, I could be holy. Yeah. And and God could have removed it. Of course he could have, he's God, yeah. but he didn't because he said in weakness, you will find power. Yeah. And it was so, so it was an admitting in a sense, the, the human slavery to the admitting the human slavery to whatever the thorn was or, or, or whatever our struggles are, if we can surrender that one thing and say, I don't need this removed, it's just how I'm dealing with it or my either even sometimes it, my struggling with it is what allows me to participate in my salvation. Yeah. My struggling with this one thing. I mean, admitting my weakness, being weak in it, letting Christ take it sometimes through me, sometimes by his own actions and, and moving forward, you know, it, it is with... It is with struggling with sin that I participate in my salvation, yeah. not necessarily in having the sin removed from someone outside of myself without me affecting partially with Christ's help mm-hmm. that sin. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's Saint Peter. He says, "By your perseverance, you will save your souls." Yeah, you know? yeah, and actually, in uh, we read in the Byzantine Church Hebrews twelve. Well, that's part of my topic next. Um, he talks about running the race. And, and St. Paul, whoever the author of the Hebrews was, says, says run the race. And he says, um, when you're running the race, the, the sin that clings to you, you know, like a weight, remove the weight of sin that clings yeah. to you. And he, I mean, that, that kind of goes back to the intractability. It's, it, it clings to us. Sin clings to us. And yep. we try to remove that by Christ's power, but it, it's, it doesn't always happen, especially overnight. Yeah. And the other thing is sometimes we, we get this, this false belief that— if I if I confess or if I really convert, everything from before will now have changed. You know, like um, like I don't know if you ever played that game. Oh shoot, what's it called? Is it called Othello? 
where you have oh, the, black the black square, and yeah. the black yeah. and the white. If you change the black on the black, like at the end of the line, they all change to black. Oh, you know, okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I've never played it. But yeah, so like, there's this there's this way in which we see like if I just make this change, yeah. it'll have this reverberating effect. And the hard part is, you know, we may have spent years in a sin, and uh, in an instant, truly in an instant. In a New York minute, ooh, ooh, everything can change. Anyways, if you go to confession in a New York minute, freaking all of your sins can be forgiven. Yeah. But there will still be things, there still be parts of ourselves, there will still be disordered loves in us that have had their effect for possibly decades on our relationships, on our friendships, on our marriage, on our parishioners, on our vocations, on our relationship with God. Yeah. And although the sin is removed, there is still kind of parts of ourselves that that still haven't totally changed. Again, sin has in a nature that is intractable. Like yeah. it not that it, it will be there forever. But we really need the help of God in order to like completely overcome all of these things. Right. The other, the other kind of sad reality of that is, um, you know, I was talking with my dad at one point. You know, uh, we were driving back from the from fishing at some point. Nice. Harumph. That was long. Um, we were driving back from you know one of the fishing trips or whatever, and I was just kind of saying like that I was upset that, you know, at times I still find myself thinking about some of the pains that happened and continue to happen from the 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 sin of divorce, you know, right. yeah. which was a necessary kind of evil in my life in order to bring my dad and our family into grace. Hmm. However, like, it didn't just solve everything, you know, like there was a wound there. And my dad said, it would really sadden me to know that you kids are still feeling the effects of the divorce long after, I mean, 20, yeah. 27, 29 years after the fact. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, what, what were you expecting? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, that at some point it would just... But at the same time, those, those sins can be used for the greater good of God to actually lead us back to him and to say, um, yeah, like this thing happened, but don't let it define your own life. Right. So um, the last three points I would say, anything in regard to that? I feel like I've been talking this No, no I, I think it is important too to say that it is totally normal to go to <sighs> confession. <laughs> it's totally normal to go to confession and, and repeat the same sins over and over again yeah. because they do cling to us. But at the same time, there is that real conversion, like metanoia conversion, like real conversion is can can start us on the road of that Othello game where everything changes. And it's sometimes it's not that we not it's not that we are like not no longer sinning. But as we're seeing sin differently and, and that moment of conversion that we're supposed to have every single day, those, those conversions can change a lot. I mean, I, I know there's even moments in my life where there's been a way that I, I was a slave to sin and then you kind of see the nature of the sin differently. You 
call upon Christ and say, you know, what what can fulfill me in the same way that this sin used to? Once that that for the fulfilling of that thing is given, then you say, now I have something to move towards. Yes. I'm not just removing something. I'm, I'm replacing it with something good. And when in prayer and in conversion, that thing is identified, then when I am tempted due to the sin, I can move towards the good thing instead. And that does provide, I guess it provides a hope. And that hope does feel like now everything's changed. I'm still going to struggle with it, but at least there's at least there's a beacon of hope that yeah. allows me to look positively at the rest of the journey rather than just like I'm going to be a slave to this for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, and the and that actually helps because the last three things that I want to point out are from that story. You know, I kind of told a okay. Buddhist koan, you know, to kind of uh, to kind of illuminate these three points. Namely, the first thing is. When the calves were released from the stall, they kind of followed one another, you know? They followed their own kind of nature to just go out. And I think part of, like, our nature, while fallen, isn't totally, like, loopy. And so some of that is just getting in touch with natural virtue and just honing some of that and looking at what what are good people who are achieving the end that I desire doing to achieve that end. Yeah. And then following them. If that's lost to you and you really don't know, like some of the cows that were going different ways and they had to, you know, steer them the right way. Okay. Now all of a sudden you have to look to someone outside of yourself. Okay. There were multiple people yeah, there, yeah. okay? Now, all of a sudden, you're getting into community. Yeah. You need other persons who know the way or who are at least looking to the way and saying, we're all going to strive for this together, yeah. okay? And then as you move towards that, in whatever vocation you find yourselves, you're going to be in a community, yeah. and you're going to need community. If you find yourself straying away from them, there is a point at which that community needs an authority. When I saw those sisters and their habits, I was like, if that cow, when that little calf won't listen to them and their habits, that calf won't listen to authority because I was scared (laughs) for him. And um, the authority is one person in that place has to be vested with the responsibility Mm -hmm. of checking you. Mm -hmm. A friend, a close friend who can tell you when you're out of line, a spouse who has been given that duty by God, um, a brother, uh, as we kind of see in the companions, Mm -hmm. ours is, you know, Lord Moderator, um, Father Brian Larkin. Um, But then also we have an authority over one another's lives Mm -hmm. because we've put our lives at the service of one another. Bishop, abbess. Spiritual director. Spiritual director, right, confessor, all of these ways. If you will not listen to that person, okay, this is when those four-wheelers come in and the dune buggies, and it's like, no, now it's time for discipline. Yeah. You, need to be, you need to be checked. You need to be told you can't keep this up because you're not helping the rest of the community. You're not helping me. You're not helping yourself achieve the end for which you were made. And if you find yourself desiring to separate yourself from that community, yep. that's a bad sign. That's, that's right. a sign right there that you are... I, I'm, I'm making bad decisions because I do not want to share my struggles with my community. Yep. I do not want to share my, I don't want to be vulnerable with the people that I have felt drawn to be vulnerable with. And I, if I'm separating myself from that community, it's a bad sign that I, I'm, I'm going the wrong direction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, but this is, this is the kind of the, the, the beautiful end of the story. 
because I didn't know how the story ended. Yeah. You know, I just saw the four wheelers okay. or whatever. But uh, I asked the the sisters told me um, after you know we had talked about it was um, uh, I she said if you want to know the end of the story, the calf only found its way into the right pasture by seeing its mother hmm. um, and realizing that's actually where I want to be. Huh. You know, yeah. so once it had seen all these other things, but then once it saw its own mother, yeah. okay. And I think that point is really powerful because from the other side, from the other side, you know, the people who are already enjoying the pastures, yeah. you know, the, the land, the freedom, the joy, they have to point us towards themselves and we have to orient ourselves towards them and say, I'm lost. Yeah. I'm totally lost. Yeah. But I really do seek you. Okay. And uh, eventually... The sisters were the ones that had to open up the gate for him hmm. so that the rest oh, of the calves wouldn't yeah. get out. Yeah. They had to open up the gate for him. Yeah. So we may look to the other side and say, Lord, I need you. I want you. I desire you. I want to go to heaven. I want to be a good person. I want to stop sinning. All of those things. Community, authority, discipline, all those things are aids. But then the, through the through that intercession that God you know, kind of allows us to receive from him... Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, with the community, we enter into, you know, the joy of our Lord. Yeah. And that was like, oh, my gosh, like, praise God, yeah. you know, because the final word isn't, oh, my gosh, the intractability of sin, like, we're screwed. Right. It'll always cling to us. Right. Like, I'll never be able to shake this. And in fact, who will deliver me from this, you know, body? Praise be to you know Jesus Christ our Lord. That's that's Saint Paul. Mm-hmm. So um, you know again we we find ourselves orbiting around the same topics, right. um, but you know we're back on the air. And what are we talking about? Yeah. Community, need for God, need for love, and uh, a need to confess our sins to one another. Yeah. Um, so um, just final encouragement. Just read. Uh, uh, letter of St. James, uh, chapter 5, 13 through 20, as your, you know, kind of fun homework assignment, um, and good luck. Amen. That was like an hour and 20 minutes. That was a good one. John is going to be upset. That's a good one. Father John is always upset, you though. Say, that's a, that's a, a... Hey, Father John, uh, just a, just a word. Um, I usually don't rip on you, you know, like whenever I do podcasts, but I keep hearing people say to me, hey, have you listened to the new podcast? They start talking about you again. I just, I just wanted to alert you to that and just know that the freaking dune buggy of discipline is going to come and find you. And to know that, that even if Father Nathan doesn't listen to your podcast, he's going to hear about it anyway. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like Liam Neeson right now. Like, I will find you. I will find you. I will find you, and I will I will kill you. <laughs> All right, shout outs. Shout outs, Whoa. dude. You got to open up your phone too. Remember, we go back and forth now. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Okay. All right, I'll just read this one really. Slow. Actually, I'm going to do the first. Thanks one for first. correcting me on the I'm air. Gonna, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, do this one, one first. first. So, uh, I was in divine liturgy a couple weeks ago, and this good-looking couple was sitting in the back. 
I don't know if they're a couple actually now that I say that I think they are um, and uh, didn't recognize them and so when I asked them where they were from they said they're from Houston and then they gave me one of the greatest gifts ever so uh, their card says thank you so much for your incredible zeal and passion for the faith we have learned so much and grown more in love with the Lord through listening to the podcast please keep up the banter and enjoy these custom made scotch glasses hey yo so they gave us four scotch glasses with our Catholic stuff logo yep engraved not engraved what do you call it lasered lasered into it so they're beautiful and it's yep I like our logo more now looking at it so we're drinking scotch scotch we're drinking scotch out of our new glass they gave us four of them so we each get one which is beautiful so this is no uh, we each get two you and I, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> In case you break one. So, John and Mike, you guys can get your own. That's right. Engraved, lasered scotch glasses. Right. Your peeps in listener land, Lindsay Circo and Andy Mall. Thank you. Thank you. They're awesome. They are great. Them already. All right. Next one to one of my best friends. Not my best friends. This is like this person saying this. Quoting it. Chase. To one of Chase's best friends, Garrison Allen. Our first interaction as high school freshmen, he derogatorily asked me, what are you, Catholic or something? And now the joke is on him, because this Easter he entered into full communion with the church. Thank you, Chase Metalberg. Love it. Baylor grad. Yeah, Baylor. Look up Haley Sharico. She's down there. All right, shout out to my teammates Lizzie, Catherine, Sarah, Dennis, and Declan in Dunshallen County Meath. I'm Irish. I yeah, it's, it's Ireland. County Meath, Ireland. Whatever. Meth, Meath. <laughs> I doubt it's Meth. County Meath, Ireland, and all the members of NET, Ireland, and Scotland this year from Scott Van Vliet. Oh, i got to look at these things ahead of time. Vliet. Anyway, phonetic. Shout, shout out from Ireland. Phonetic. to Ireland. To my wife, Lisa, because our eight... I don't have a wife, but this is the shout out. <laughs> from, so well, this is so weird. <laughs> A shout out to my wife, Lisa, because our eighth anniversary is coming up. During my military career, she's the one who cares for our two kiddos 24-7. From Dan Champini. Amen. Uh, from Jordan Houts, a shout and special prayer for my friend, Jose Delerme, a college gymnast who is recovering from a spinal injury. Show support on the Facebook page, Hope for Jose. There you go. Look it up. And our last one, to my daughter, Sophia... I don't have a daughter, but (laughs) these are all weird. (laughs) To my daughter, Sophia, who just had her birthday, and to my goddaughter, Kennedy, who received her first communion on the same day from Chris Corley. Crazy enough, I have two nieces named Sophia and Kennedy. So I thought that was like a typo. All right. That's enough, folks. You have listened to the marathon episode. 30 minutes of plus banter. 30 minutes of dry, boring conversation. I like this one. I didn't think it was dry and boring at all. Well, I don't know. I, I would just rather preempt it with a bad, you know, kind of vibe <laughs> okay. so that they can't rip on it. <clears throat> all right. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. One more shout out to uh, Greg Willits. God bless you. God grant you many years. And like us on Facebook. We're back. 